0: You're listening to the audio podcast of the weekly message preached during the online worship service of Central United Methodist Church. We are located in Arlington, Virginia. You're invited to join us for our live worship experience through Facebook or Zoom every Sunday at 10.30am. Visit www.cumcballston.org for details. There, you can also learn more about our congregation, where we worship God, serve others, and
1: embrace all. Our scripture today comes from Romans 16, 25-27. Now to God, who is able to strengthen you according to my gospel and the proclamation of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery that was kept secret for long ages, but is now disclosed, and through the prophetic writings is made known to all the Gentiles, according to the command of the eternal God, to bring about the obedience of faith to the only wise God, through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever. Amen. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
0: I'd like to welcome you all to the apocalypse. Two years ago, the Reverend Nadia Boltz Weber welcomed us with these words in a YouTube video and an essay published in the Washington Post. She wrote, If you think of an apocalypse, and you picture a scary doom filled punishment from above type of thing, you are not alone. Originally though, apocalyptic literature, the kind that was popular around the time of Jesus existed, not to scare the bejesus out of children so that they would be good boys and girls, but to proclaim a big hope filled idea that dominant powers are not ultimate powers. Empires fall, Tyrants fade, systems die, God is still around. An apocalypse is a good thing, and I'm delighted to welcome you to this one. In Greek, the word apocalypse means to uncover, to peel away, to show what's underneath, end quote. She originally wrote her essay in the context of the hashtag MeToo movement, But it feels timely for 2020, and especially for Advent this year. This popular notion of a doomsday apocalypse is the imagery that we see in popular culture. Just this month, there was a viral ad that was making its way around the internet. It was an advertisement for Match.com, that dating website and app that tries to match people. It it completely embraced this popular notion of doomsday and apocalypse. The commercial begins with the text, 11 months ago. We see the camera pan across this red hellscape, and we see the image of what many would imagine Satan might look like, a big, strong, red man with horns out of his head. He is sitting on his throne, looking bored, When all of a sudden, his cell phone pings. It says, you've got a match. The feelings are mutual, so why wait? Then we witness the meeting of this match. It's somewhere on earth, under a romantic bridge. A woman walks forward and she cautiously asks, Satan? And he nervously replies, hi, 2020? The woman coos, please just call me 2020. As this new couple begins their stroll around the park, she asks, so where are you from? Hell, Satan replies. Me too, she says. The commercial continues to highlight the antics of their dating relationship. Going on picnics in empty stadiums, going to empty gyms, watching a movie in an empty theater, and then actually taking a selfie together in front of a literal dumpster fire. At one point, 2020 is seen trying to drag Satan into a church as a joke. And then at the end, the commercial closes on the scene of them snuggling up on a park bench, enjoying the beautiful night sky. Satan says wistfully, I just don't want this year to end. Who would, asks 2020, and they continue watching the burning meteors fall from the sky. While the premise of this commercial made me laugh, it does highlight how different the popular conception of what apocalypse is with our scriptural understanding of what apocalypse truly is. Without a doubt, the year 2020 has been an apocalypse because it has been a year of revealing, of unveiling, of uncovering. We have discovered the depth of the inequality and the disparity that disproportionately affects communities in our nation. We have also seen a different type of revealing. We have uncovered a resiliency. We have discovered the things that matter. How we spend our time, with whom we spend it, how we spend our money, how we engage in this world when it feels like everything is falling apart. We have learned some lessons this year because 2020 is teaching us. I listened to the Holderness Family podcast And this year, they had an episode entitled The Year of Clarity for that family 2020 brought into focus what really matters for them. As a church, we've had to discover what it is about worship that draws us in, whether we are physically together or we are virtually connected. We have discovered, we have uncovered, we have seen so many new things about ourselves and this world we have uncovered a resiliency in our community and in our individual lives. If someone told me last year that I would be 10 months into a global pandemic, when my father would be in the hospital, waiting to transition to hospice care at home, when his 14-year-old dog would die, I would have said, no, that would break my spirit. I can't handle that grief upon grief upon grief. It is true that my spirit is weary most days. The edge of sadness is close at hand. But I am not broken. God has brought consolation, support and encouragement and comfort in ways that I never could have imagined. God has provided a resiliency that I have needed to bend but not break. For the first time in my life, I have had personal crisis on top of communal crisis. I have also seen that this is not true for my friends. So many of my friends who are black women of color, they have experienced personal crisis on top of communal crisis throughout their entire lives. It is a privilege for me that this is the first time in my life it's happened. And yet, when I witness now my friends who have had a personal crisis, I understand better that it was always in the context of a communal crisis for them. 2020 has revealed the way that racism and inequality in our nation impacts who we are as individuals and as communities. The unveiling of 2020 has also taught us something important about hope. Earlier in the letter to the church at Rome, Paul wrote, quote, hope that is seen is not hope for who hopes for what he already sees. The unveiling and revealing that 2020 has brought to us also helps us see that hope lies within our ability to perceive and see differently, to perceive and see the world as God sees it. The text that Pastor Ali preached from last week called us to stay awake and to stay alert. A word that I have seen a lot in the last few years is the term woke. It's a slang term, and it refers to being alert to injustice, particularly injustice around racism. Now, some will use this term with mocking. Others will use it to criticize people who are not as woke as they are. But as disciples of Christ who were called to stay alert who are called to stay awake to what God is doing in this world, what better term could we embrace? To wake up to the reality of the injustices that our siblings of color have lived with and have told us about for generations? The opportunity for us to be alert to the way that God is calling us toward healing and reconciliation and repentance? What better term could Christians embrace? In this season of Advent, we have an opportunity to see the world as God sees and to discover the liberating love of God at work in this world. Throughout this season so far, we have focused on the hope that comes with the promise of Christ's return, but it is not just so that we can persevere through the current age. Instead, there is a powerful hope that comes to us in this future promise. And I think it is best described by the Reverend Dr. Emily Towns, quote, This hope is one that pulls the promise of the future into the present and places the present into the dawn of a future that is on the rim bones of glory. To combine challenge with hope is powerful. For together they enable us to press onward when we are on the verge of giving up to draw strength from the future, to live in a discouraging present. Challenge and hope make it possible for us to see the world not only as it is, but also as it can be. So that is how we can move to new places, and that hope turns us into new people. End quote. This Advent... We can experience that hope that pulls the promise of the future into the present. We can draw strength from the future to live in a discouraging present. It is this spirit of God that is drawing us strength from the future to live in the present that allows us to receive the words of praise that we encounter in our scripture from Romans today. Now to God, who is able to strengthen you, according to my gospel and the proclamation of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery that was kept secret for long ages, but is now disclosed, and through the prophetic writings is made known to all the Gentiles, according to the command of the eternal God to bring about the obedience of faith. To the only wise God, through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory. Amen. These words from Romans are a doxology. Now if you've heard that turn of phrase before, you likely have the tune that we often sing. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above, ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. That is a doxology. That is a phrase of praise. But that song is not the only doxology. Any phrase of praise is a doxology and we encounter one in Romans that was probably used in worship in the church at Rome. Scholars think that this doxology would have been known to them. And when you look at the words, you see how much is packed into a very long sentence. Our entire scripture this morning is two sentences, but the second sentence is just the word amen. The rest has a lot to say. One of the words I want us to notice is the word mystery. Now in English, in the New Revised Standard Version, we see the word mystery, but as we know these scriptures were translated and they were translated from Greek in this context, so the word that we see as mystery could also be described as secret or divine secret. This is what God has revealed. The gospel is not new. But the gospel is just revealed to people. When Jesus came into the world, when the incarnation happened, God in the flesh, God with us, Emmanuel, this mystery of God made visible. This was not new. This was the eternal cosmic Christ who has come to dwell among the people of God. The mystery of God has been revealed in Jesus Christ. But the mystery, this divine secret, was only revealed when God chose to reveal it. And we have now seen it in the life, in the teaching, in the death, and in the resurrection of Christ. The mystery of God's love has been revealed to us. The incarnation, Christ coming into the world at Christmas, This is put in the greater context of God's eternal love for humanity and God's desire for humans to live in peace and to be reconciled. God works to reconcile humanity to divinity and humans to other humans. In this season of Advent, we can pull our future hope into this present moment and discover the power of God's eternal love made real for us, and discover how this love empowers us for reconciliation. May we discover the way that God has worked in our lives to reveal this mystery of the divine love in our life, not just for a future promise of Christ's coming, but in the here and now, today. We can be honest with God. And we can admit how weary our souls feel, how anxious we may be, and how 2020 has revealed the anxieties that we have. And the good news is that because of Christ, we have a real hope in God's relentless love for humanity, and in the commitment that God has to enter into the muck of life and to redeem our lives and all creation. My prayer is that in this holy season of Advent, we may see with spiritual eyes, not just with physical ones, My prayer during this holy season of Advent is that we would discover the hope not just made with human hands, but the hope that God builds within our hearts. The unveiling of this eternal love that God has for humanity brings about our faithful obedience. Eugene Peterson calls the Christian life a long obedience In the same direction. This obedience of faith is central to the theme of all of Romans. We're not to read this obedience of faith as simply our ability to finally live perfect lives and to fulfill the law. No. Christ has fulfilled the law of Moses and it has ushered in a new creation. So in the season of Advent, it will soon give way to our first experience of a COVID Christmas. I pray that we may discover the power of this obedience of faith, because that is what allows us to reach into the promises that God has given us and draw that future hope into the present as God's new creation breaks once again into the reality of our broken world. Let us give glory to God, who gives strength to stand firm, who has shown us and all the world the mystery that was once hidden. We see it in a babe in the manger, in the teacher, in the preacher, in the healer, and in the one who died on the cross and rose again. The mystery of God is revealed to the only wise God. Through Jesus Christ, be glory forever. Amen.